Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as The Dad Author on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I've travelled to London to speak with BBC Radio 1 Life Hacks, Dr. Radha Modgill. Dr. Radha speaks to me about mental health, bereavement and why we all need to be talking about grief. You can find Dr. Rada on Twitter as Dr. Rada Modgill and Instagram as Dr. Rada. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you are listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so today I have travelled to London and I'm in a cafe in Clapham and I'm meeting someone that I connected with a couple of years ago via, I think it was Twitter, and it's the lovely Dr. Rada from BBC Radio 1's Life Hacks. How are you? Oh, hello Mark. I'm really good, thank you. <laughs> I was just thinking it was actually probably a couple of years ago um, that we connected, wasn't it? It doesn't yeah. seem that long, but it must have been, I think. Yeah, I was trying to think this morning when it was, and it was probably around a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I came across your books, and yes. it was probably when I was doing the CBeebies programme, That was Being it. Better, and I think that that's how it. we connected yeah. originally. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah, funny, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so for the listeners, are you able just to introduce yourself and who you are and what you do and all that lovely stuff. Yeah, of course. So I'm Dr. Rada, Dr. Rada Modgill. Um, I'm an NHS GP, um, but I've also kind of developed um, a real passion for uh, particularly young people and children's mental well-being, emotional well-being, as well as general health. So I try to do lots of bits and pieces and bits and bobs in the world to make the world a more positive place, but also a place where we're able to express our feelings um, in an easier way. So, yeah. You're incredibly busy and what was it when was the CBB's program when did that come out because I remember being at home sitting down with Thea I think it was and watching the Aww. TV and then I was like I know that lady <laughs> I was like, Simone, I her. Yeah. What is she doing over there? <laughs> what is she doing with, with those puppets? So was, that, was it last year that that so came out? So that actually came out, yeah, that was last um, April time, last Easter time that came out. So yeah, that was sort of 26 episodes. Each episode was about different feeling, different emotion. And um, it was me living in the house and singing songs uh, with the lovely Ben and Bria and talking about, yeah, how, why it's so important for us to talk about our feelings at such a young, uh, such a young age. And actually, again, about that kind of emotional awareness and that connection and and that really important quality of empathy you know our ability to, to empathize with other people um so it was just that whole program was just everything that I loved it was creative it was talking about emotions it was about connection um and I just yeah I absolutely loved it it was fantastic and it was really upbeat as well wasn't it you know oh, I mean, the songs yeah. and stuff. oh the songs were I mean, catchy. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was actually terrified in one of the episodes feeling scared I was like yes I I, I feel a bit scared about singing singing in front of everyone but um, I just yeah I think when you when you connect to what you're trying to do I sort of thought come on Rada get over it just <laughs> just open your mouth and sing get on with it get on with it okay so 
today, obviously, you know, this this podcast is called Grief is My Superpower, as all the listeners already know. Yeah. And, um, you know, so today, I guess the, the conversation is really around sort of mental health and grief and and really to get your take on how we can perhaps support young people and adults through a difficult time. Um, and obviously, I was fortunate enough to come on your Life Hack show earlier, yes, uh, earlier this year. a really powerful episode. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, it was amazing being on. And, um, you know, and I love hearing you guys talk and the topics that you guys talk about. But, um, you know, mental health has been such a topic over the last couple of years, which is fantastic. Mm. But, um, what do you think that we could perhaps do to support bereaved people or children you know after a loss you know Mm. is there anything immediate that you think we could do better at yeah I mean I think actually um being honest about our own feelings is super helpful um because you know when when children feel things or they don't understand something they need to talk about so they need to um express how they're feeling and if the adults around them are not um, uh, being open to hearing that or uh, likewise are not necessarily showing their own feelings um, then that makes that child think well actually if they're not expressing their feelings then maybe there's something wrong with me expressing my feelings and even if they don't say that in an overt way that's basically the kind of subconscious message that we're giving if we don't talk about how we feel and obviously that will be different for different ages of children and every child is different about the level of that but I think um, for, for anyone however old you are if someone else um, can express how they're feeling and you can see them feeling the same way that has a huge power of connection and the ability to feel like you're not on your own and that it's okay to share your feelings and, and share your feelings you know ongoing it's not going to be for a short period of time if you're having a rough day uh, you might have a few good days and then suddenly have a bad day and it's okay to say that so I think actually adults being open about their feelings with children is so important to get rid of that subconscious message of you know, to feel grief or to feel sadness is, is, is a shameful thing or a thing you should hide. And that's absolutely not the case at all. That's kind of the stigma we're trying to break, isn't it, really? Is that yeah. actually telling children and adults that, you know, it's okay to share your feelings yeah. and, and open up and, you know, and also remember those that are no longer alive and, and, and give them permission, I guess, the children permission to talk about how they're feeling. Absolutely. It? And I think, you know, children are so intelligent. We, I don't think sometimes we give cre- <laughs> children credit enough for how intelligent they are. They know when something's wrong. They know when something's happened. And so, you know, we can't, we can't give them half a story. We can't give them that feeling that something has happened or something is wrong and then not be truthful or honest or talk about that. Um, if something if something sort of happens and we don't understand why it happens that makes it more scary so understanding about you know what has happened is so important it's like a scary film isn't it when you go and you you don't know what that monster is it's even more scary when you see the monster or you can um, understand a little bit more about what it is um, although it doesn't take the fear away the fear does subside and then that opens up the space to be able to express how you know how you're feeling about it another question that i thought would be nice to talk about is because there'll be friends out there who have friends who are going through a bereavement and they're wanting to be supported you know Mm. is there any particular advice that that you might give to somebody like that who maybe they're struggling to know how to support them yeah um i actually have a friend who's actually going through a bereavement at the moment so i've had this um come up for me quite recently I think one of the main things is, is to never assume how someone is feeling. Um, so you, you may, from your own experiences, jump to a conclusion, but never assume that. Always ask them, you know, how are you? 
what's going on for you and then give them space to tell you um you know and and i think the other thing is is to not um have a balance between having the space to talk about it and to talk about that bereavement and what's happening for them um but also on the other side of that not to let that bereavement define who they are um, there needs to be a balance of of sort of you know normal day-to-day activities as well i think um and I mean, I, I sort of took my friend for a, a long walk, you know, and I think like a walk is a really good place just to I think sort of fresh actually, air is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and just to allow space to actually speak about what's going on. And she didn't really say anything about it for, I don't know, about 40 minutes. And suddenly at the end of that walk, she then, you know, really broke down as I was talking about it. And... Um, and then after that, after about half an hour of talking, she then wanted to, I got the feeling she wanted to just talk about something else. So it's about just being receptive, I think, to what people need in that moment. Yeah, I think it's, it's also learning to be patient as well, isn't yeah. it? And sort of giving the space to, I guess, invite them in, maybe. You know, yeah. like you said, you sort of waited 40 minutes and then eventually they opened up. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's, that's a really good message, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think... Um, just also saying to them that they're doing really well now they may say back to you like my friend has no I'm not I'm not doing well at all but I then responded by saying well actually you're getting out of bed um you know you're going to work that is more than enough and you should be really proud of yourself so I think again recognizing the achievement and that of that struggle to do those day-to-day things of self-care is really important to encourage them and say you're doing really well even if you don't feel like it you know keep going yeah I guess the other subject you know the big thing I'm trying to do at the moment is going to schools and talk yes. about amazing you know this subject and try and perhaps introduce like grief guardians in secondary schools yes. to, so you know if a child is suffering they've got someone who is a child of their age group that they can maybe talk to you know and, and not saying that you're training the older child to be a counsellor but just being like a voice or someone they could sit with and share their emotions and yeah, perhaps instead of maybe an older um, you know an adult um, mm. yeah is there anything else you think we could maybe do better in, in schools maybe to, to mm. support children um, I, mean, I think the work you're doing is amazing <laughs> by the way <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> just <you. laughs> add that in um, well, that goes without saying but it's true because like you say it's about um, making that subject of grief and bereavement uh, part of everyday conversation um, and I think I, I read a statistic um, where it said one in 29 children or young people will have had um, uh, a, a sibling or a parent die so you know this is something which and that's a, obviously a very close relative um, so I think I mean I think I think the stuff you're doing in schools is fantastic. Um, that sort of peer support is really important. I think also um, starting that conversation up around uh, grief and bereavement as you know part of um, not necessarily the curriculum to make it so rigid, but making it more part of of, of, a, of a school's kind of day to day life, as it were. Um, I think there are lots of things. That, I mean, I think teachers do a fantastic job, and I think yeah, I was so going to say teachers and staff oh as well. Oh my gosh, I yeah. Mean, I, I've, you know recently been contacted by a school and the the head teacher and the staff you know and they're struggling to know what the best way is to approach that difficult subject and I'm I'm sure there are lots of schools across the country that are the same because it's it's such a difficult subject isn't it it's a really difficult subject and I think again I mean teachers do an amazing job and they deal with so many challenges that obviously children have in their class Um, but I think it's again it's about those sort of two aspects I think it's about having that we can all do day to day not just teachers um, that we have that emotional space to talk to that child to let them know that we recognise their grief and that we understand it's difficult and we're there for them Um, and giving that time to say if you ever need to come and chat to me come and chat to me that emotional 
emotional support but then also there's kind of practical things like um um you know giving them um telling the other members of staff that this has happened to them um you know so so just to be aware of that giving them a note so they can leave classes if they need to if they need a bit of space um and also that's a really good idea isn't it yeah, yeah i think I like so because i mean even things around um you know, exam time so periods of really difficult transition and other life events um what you know giving them that space around those times and being extra sort of um careful with what's happening for them is really important um, and things like, you know, um, noting anniversaries are when things might be those critical kind of times. Um, I think I think the other thing as well is to actually, um, again, and that's more of a general thing, is about, and that's for all of us to do, is in, to encourage that idea of empathy I was talking about and that ability to be kind, and which children are so good at, you know, really good at, actually. Um, sometimes much better than adults are. That's quite, I mean, <laughs> I, I see that in my son sometimes. I'm like, oh, wow, you're, you know, that was really nice of you to say that or to, to recognise that, you yeah. know. Or, are you okay, you know. Exactly. Which, yeah, you're right, adults tend to forget that yeah but I think also not to not to shine too much of a light on that child and not to make them feel like they're different it's about maybe. Yeah, yeah it's about supporting them but not making them feel self-conscious um so it is a really tricky balance um I suppose it comes down to being receptive to what's happening for that child I mean I remember at school one of the pupils in my class actually when I was probably about eight lost her mum and um, uh, we actually went it was I went to a Catholic school so we actually went into the chapel and we all sat there as a class and said a prayer for her mum so I think again it's about sort of not not necessarily overtly doing that for any child every child in the class but having ways of commemorating when that child's ready or, or to allow them ownership over what how they want that to be shared um, is important yeah I think the whole um you know, big days across the year are really important, aren't they, for, the, like you said, about the teachers having those, you know, little list or something on file or, you know, just yeah. so they, they can recognise when maybe there's a mood change or, a, yeah, you and, know, and birthdays um, and stuff. And you know, school is such a, obviously such an important place because it's that place away from home where obviously other family members are going through difficulties. It's that space where they have... Um, a different environment different people around them and that kind of space to express when perhaps home it might be difficult at home okay I think another thing which I would love to speak to you about which yeah. I think you'll be great at this is <laughs> oh, no pressure so, yeah no pressure is you know if, if there's a child out there listening or even an adult and there are say three things that you know that they could do to boost their you know mental health make them feel happy you know and mm. sort of just you know maybe three things that you like to do you mm. know that you'd like mm. to share because mm. uh, we were talking off mic about exercise which is great yes and, absolutely uh, things like that yeah, yeah definitely um oh that's a great question so um things that I do for myself one is definitely exercise 100% so um I don't really exercise um to kind of lose weight or anything like that actually what I, I tend to actually exercise because I recognize it's a place where I can get my stress out uh, it helps me sleep better um I feel like I've got more energy in the day as well when I don't I start to get a bit oh <laughs> so exercise whatever that is for you I like gym classes but you know anything dancing skipping uh, whatever it might be uh, that's definitely one I think the other um, is about um, kindness to yourself and again um, this is one I think we all struggle with <laughs> and sometimes I'm my, my own worst critic um, but actually trying to say to yourself listen um, you're going to have the only relationship you're ever going to have for your whole life is with yourself that's so important isn't it yeah so important. and um, and you know 
you've perhaps been saying negative things to yourself for a lot of your life but so why can't you change that into positive you know if it hasn't worked to make you feel better so many people forget about that don't they I, I mean know. like you said I'm ex- I can, I'm guilty too you know um, yeah. you've got to remember I was having a chat this week with someone they were like look you know why were you fe-? I was saying I had a bit of a down day and he was like well, why talk me around and said you've just got to if you want to sit down and just do nothing for an hour don't feel guilty about it yeah just do it you know because yes. yes. I bet you feel great at the end of it and yes yeah. exactly he was right so I think yeah then being kind to people say what does that mean I think actually what what all of us probably is helpful for all of us to sit down and work out well what is kind for myself what does that actually mean does it mean getting up and going for a walk if I'm if I'm worrying about something does it mean talking to someone does it mean going to listen to music rather than listening to the news headlines what is it and writing down maybe you know 20 things that you can do to be kind to yourself probably recognizing those things that also make you feel low you know like I mean people always talk about social media and the scrolling and the, the sort of the um, you know just feeling bad after looking at a certain page and it's like well just don't look at that or you know and it's easier said than done absolutely I think the last one the third one is probably um, for me the power of choice so this is going to sound really obvious but um, in any one moment we all have a choice to either do something which will be kind to ourselves and potentially hopefully lead to a better outcome for how we feel or or the other sort of routes now some days we won't be able to make those choices that will make us feel better and sometimes we'll never feel better in certain moments but in the moments where we can I think it's about sitting there and this is often what I do I sit there and think okay I'm feeling a bit like this. I could either sit here and keep worrying and then feel worse or I could get up and go out for a walk and listen to music and that will probably make me feel better. Which one am I going to do? <laughs> and I don't always choose the right one and there, sometimes there is no right one but actually I'm starting to realise more and more about the power of choices in each moment that we make for ourselves because that ultimately determines um, and shows you how much you care about yourself, I think. Yeah, just being proactive about yeah. something you yeah. feel so much better after won't you yes you know? yes. I mean, it's a bit like procrastinating over a list of jobs that you got to do you know like we're <laughs> yeah. talking about life admin and oh God, things yeah. like that that you know you put <laughs> off and put off you know but yeah it's the same with your mental health isn't it it's, yeah yeah if you leave it then you're gonna sort of it'll get worse yeah and it may be that like I say in some moments we can't always do that for ourselves but one of the choices we can make is to tell someone that we're not able to do that and then they can help us so I think you know in any kind of moment it's just about reaching out if if you can't do that for yourself at that particular moment Um, I think that all links in really nicely into into grief obviously because you know I mean a lot of people say that that grief isn't a mental health illness but Mm. you know I always say that if you don't deal with it and you don't talk to someone, you don't share your emotions, then later on in life, you're going to struggle, you know. And, 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 and I found that through mm. only talking about it in the last few years, you know, you kind of bottle it up and you lock it in. Yes. But it can be quite damaging, can't it, if you don't sort of share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any, you know, any life event like that... Um, um, is traumatic and actually um, uh, grief and the process of grief it, it is it does have effects on our mental health during that process you know we can feel angry we can feel guilty we can feel um, sadness um, all kinds of things in that process of grieving in that immediate process of grieving um, but yeah I've seen um, certainly as GP patients who um, have had a bereavement let's say 20 years ago and at the time were being strong in inverted commas for other people and supporting them and 
and didn't really process it themselves and then they they then come in with low mood or depression or anxiety and again it may not it may not all be solely from that but again I think sometimes the patients that I've seen have traced it back to that being very much a part of it. Um, do, do you find that um, you know workplaces can be quite a tricky place for people to feel comfortable enough to share how they're feeling you know like with their boss or their line manager things like that yeah I mean I think any uh, you know, any environment that you're in I think is unfortunately at the moment I think that's why your work is great because you're breaking down that stigma but I think any workplace really or any environment that we're in it's difficult to talk about grief and bereavement and I know from my friend recently who had um, a bereavement you know some people at work just didn't even acknowledge it because they felt too uncomfortable um, that's not to say anything about them but again it's about you know making people feel more comfortable about asking the question how are you or you know I'm sorry to hear about that or whatever it might be um so I think you know any any life event, you know, work is such a big part of all of our lives that actually um, it's going to have a potential impact, isn't it? But being like like at school, being sort of open and honest about that, and people being there to support you, is really crucial. Yeah. I guess sort of also leading on to that, if if there's you know a child out there or an adult and they're mm. feeling sad and they're feeling mm. low, you know, I guess it's sort of we talked about the things that make you happy. You mm. know, have you got any advice for someone out there who might be struggling or mm. you know struggling with their grief? particularly mm. yeah. yeah absolutely so um what i would say is your gp is always there um i see patients a lot coming in about grief or bereavement um there are amazing charities um like winston's wish um, that you're an ambassador for um and cruise for example um who are fantastic lots of other ones as well so they've got amazing resources um in terms of um counseling and information and helping you not feel like you're on your own um I think I think one of the one of the key key things is is to recognize that really you're not on your own and I know that's a very simple easy thing to say but um, there are people around you there is always someone you can talk to um, and when you start talking I think about grief and bereavement you slowly start to realize that we're all affected by it and so someone will understand your story and someone will understand how you're feeling and they, although, although you never get over bereavement, that in time with that support will hopefully make you be able to cope with that um, in a way where you don't feel so low about it. Yeah. Well, I think those are all really good points. In terms of yourself and what you're up to, mm. have you got anything mm. that you'd like to tell the listeners that you're going to be doing that's exciting coming up? Well, I mean, we talked oh. about Radio 1 Life Hacks, which is yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. But anything like that coming up that you want to share? Um, so nothing kind of definite I can name at the moment, but um, I've got lots of ideas and <laughs> lots, of, lots of projects um, in the pipeline or on my mind. So um, so I, I, will, I will keep you updated. <laughs> Put you on the spot there. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I'm always... I have to say, I'm always, um, I'm just super interested in doing things. Um, I've, I've come to realize what my passion is about connecting people and connecting people's stories and helping each other learn from other people. You know, we all have to go through life and life can sometimes be difficult, but what can we all learn from each other's stories? And I'm really interested in uh, projects and ideas that connect people um, because we've basically we've got a huge, you know, the world is full of people and we've got a huge resource on which to draw people's lessons and learning from. So let's use it and let's put that to positive effects. No, I totally agree. And, um, you know, and so if anyone wants to find you, where, where can they find you then? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Social media. 
<laughs> apart from my gym class sometimes no no no, no. they can uh, so yeah I'm on I'm on Twitter um, and I'm also on Instagram um, and yeah just yeah you can find me on there basically I've just started up a little uh, Dr. Rada quote uh, theme that I've, I've been putting up some of my little quotes I've seen that there yeah, that's brilliant <laughs> once a week so uh, which again are just random thoughts um, but yeah hopefully they might be useful for some people just to trigger a, a moment of contemplation <laughs> and also Radio 1 Life Hacks which you know we've mentioned a couple of times oh, but yeah. it is great and uh, yeah. what time is it on on a Sunday so it's uh, 4 to 7 on a Sunday afternoon and then we've got the podcast as well which is yeah. um, uh, which is once a week mainly comes out on Tuesdays yeah. okay lovely yeah. well look thank you so much for meeting with me today oh, it's an absolute pleasure thank you for my juice which is um, <laughs> which is funny enough called Go away, Doc. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I didn't take that personally when you asked for that. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. And thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing for children as well. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Mark.